Okay, everybody, welcome to tonight's program with Coach Menachem Berfel. Thank you for joining us. Tonight is Sheer 173. It's a busy week. A lot of people are traveling. It's vacation week. People are all over the place. So everybody is here. We appreciate it. Hashem, the people that listen to it later. They should enjoy tonight's Sheer. It should be a chizik. It should be inspiring. We should learn. We should all grow together from the Sichas Chaverim. If anybody wants to join the WhatsApp chats, you can WhatsApp uh, my number at 732-314-7170. Um, I'll send you the link. We're doing all the WhatsApps on the community now. And you can go to menachembernfall.com and sign up for the emails. Every week he sends the emails of the speakers and of the replays. And uh, please join us again. A special thank you to all of our people that are posting the program, letting people know about it. We appreciate it. And it's a Sikhs Haverim, a place to grow, to speak, and to let the dark, all the important things that are going on in the world and the different insights. And over the past four years, we all learned a lot. And I hope to learn more. And uh, I'm going to post in the chat where everybody could uh, join the chat so you can see what's going on. If anybody wants to watch the replay of this on YouTube, you can click on the subscribe button every Monday morning. Menachem uploads the videos and you can click on the like button. So we get a lot of likes and we become rich, me and Menachem. And uh, make sure you can listen to this later on all the podcasts, on Apple Apple, and then on Spotify and all the Jewish ones and Kalalashen and basically any place where there's a podcast, we're there. And you should uh, enjoy it. And a special thank you to all the advertising sponsors, the Lakewood Scoop here in Lakewood, Ellie and Ariel from Five Town Central, Kyla Kaufman from JCN, and this is Mika Sofa from COL for promoting us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. For anybody who's here the first week, first time, every Sunday night at 9.30 on this Zoom ID, we have different shiurim, different speeches, different topics, and we really try to cover a lot. Next week, September 4th, we're going to have a deep discussion with the world-famous psychiatrist, Dr. Jacob Friedman from Eretz Yisrael. He's the author of multiple books. He came out with a new book, um, his old book. He writes a column in the Meshwacha magazine, Off the Couch. His new book is called The Things I Told My Patients. And we're going to be discussing a lot of things. I wrapped it into two sentences. Un un unveiling Wellness, a comprehensive talk on mental health, what to avoid in therapy, the enduring conflict in Israel, and strategies to combat burnout in today's fast-paced world. So that's really uh, about 10 topics in one, but uh, we're going to try to put them all together. And Mitchem will be in Mitchem next week. And he's very excited to come on. He's been on before, and he's a brilliant man. And please join us. It's going to be a very deep program. Let people know about it. Tonight we have the schus in the honor of having world-famous Reb Zalman Duchman, who runs the largest tzedakah moiset in the world, in my opinion, as far as I know, called Kail Chabad. We're going to discuss a lot of inyanim of tzedakah and charity in Israel. We'll get a deep perspective, try to get some insights. And uh it should be a big chizik for everybody, for all the people that are here tonight, and the thousand people Metshem, that listen to it. And uh, we really, you know, this is something that's important to everybody. We all want to be involved. We all want to help. Everybody wants to be involved in helping Gidin. We are a nation of people that have chesed. And uh, now things that are going on. Um, yeah, next week's show is February 4th. Correct. Somebody text me. Um, but uh, please, you know, let's really get some clarity. People have a lot of questions. A lot of things are happening. And we're going to first start out tonight's share. Share 173. Rebzaman 173, and the reason why we didn't have you on before today is because we needed the gematria to shtim. And Rebzaman no, Noach Fried is going to give the gematria for 173, and tell me if it's a good gematria. Shir number 173, insights on how to give the most meaningful tzedakah for Eretz Yisrael. Tzedakah is definitely a beloved mitzvah by Kaddish Baruch which leads to abundance of chesed and achdus. Which leads us up to tonight's Gematria 173 is the Gematria HaMitzvah Chaviva, the beloved Mitzvah. Got this? No, Rabzaman, a good Gematria? Proof? Gewaldige Gematria. 
Okay, good luck. Okay, we'll get, we'll get to you in a second. I know, I know you have a lot to say. We're first going to start off first with Coach Menachem. Coach Menachem, it's Sunday night. We could be skiing now. We could be now in Florida. But we're sitting here on Zoom to get Chizik. Why are we here tonight? What are we trying to believe? Yeah, so we have some people listening from Florida. They don't, they don't want to give it up. But So I want to welcome everyone. Welcome to another Let's Get Real with Coach Menachem. Baruch Hashem with a lot of Siyat Deshmaya. We're doing tonight's number 173. And the topic tonight is a hush of a topic like we heard. The, the, the mitzvah of tzedakah is, is built in every yid's DNA. This is part of our who we are and um, tshuva, tefillah, and tzedakah. These are the, on, on top of the list. Tzedakah, there's a range. Now you, you're talking about those who give every week a few cents when they tin the lecht, which is amazing. And it goes all the way, all the way to those who build big moistesen, and they give a lot of money, and Avada, some some give matamisesa. You don't even know, but uh, that's the way Hashem created the world. Some people are givers, and some receivers. Avada, most people want to be the givers. Everybody wants to be the giver. And I was thinking, uh, the kids are now my girls are busy with the plays. Everybody wants to be in drama. But at the end of the day, and there are all, you know, there are those who receive, those who give. And it's a big schos if Hashem trusts you with the money and gives you the money to be able to give to others, for those who need it. And uh, there's a chachmahau, there's a chachmahau to give it, which we'll discuss, Mitch, tonight. But there are different levels. Where do I give first? And halacha aniyah yircha kaidmin. In halacha, it's brought down that it's Yisrael. It's considered aniyah yircha because we all, as as Jews, as the Yidden, belong in Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is considered aniyah yircha. The same thing with Hamad Chacham. Hamad Chacham is like a is like a is like a brother for all the Yidden. Mamish like a brother. So we give money to Tamid Chachamim aniyah yircha. The most the most important is to give him in beseser matan beseser. Now matan beseser could be number one the person that nobody should know who gave it. Nobody knows who, who gave it. There's Baruch Hashem abundance of money, but nobody knows where it's coming from, which is amazing. But there's another level to it that even the person that gets it doesn't know that it's sedaka. Talking about families who even before the war, even before October 7, now we're busy giving tzedakah about October 7, but even before that, families that are struggling and to have that family, you know, whether it's Yisoyimim, Malmonis, they should need, they, whatever they need, they should have in a way that the, 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 the kids shouldn't feel that they're getting tzedakah. Now that's an amazing mahalach, and that's something I heard from Kodal Chabad, Mitz Hashem will hear more tonight. They have a Mahalach, and again, any tzedakah, you know, they, do, they all try to do it the right way, but to hear it firsthand from the Rasha Moiseh, somebody who runs it, to see how they actually do it again, whether it's before October 7th or now, especially now, and uh, talking in the long run, what's the plan? So here we are, Mitz Hashem will get to ask you the questions. He'll give us some uh, insights, and it's Hashem. We should all be able to be from the giving side, and Hashem should help. We should be zayichet to Mashiach. We shouldn't have to take care of Hashem's Yisoyim. 
beautiful opening. Amen. Really appreciate it. And we're going to get into it right now. So we titled tonight's Shear. Um, insights on how to give the, the, the most meaningful tzedakah for Eretz Yisrael, unveiling the past, shaping the present, and building the impact and an impactful future for the Yidin and Kalah Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael. And tonight we have the Tzachos of Zalman Duchman. It's part of the leadership of Koyal Chabad, the oldest continuously operating tzedakah in Eretz Yisrael. Koyal Chabad is one of the largest organizations working with the Israeli government in areas of food security, distributing over 100 million dollars a year in support to the poor in Eretz Yisrael. Zaman, Shkreif for coming on, and uh, please open it up. Thank you very much for opening up your Chabudah. Pasheva Chabudah, that uh, for 100 and, this is 173rd week that you guys are together to Bechizuk, uh, Whenever the Eden are in trouble, we always come together. And this is really the Kavana. So I'd like to thank you very much for hosting me. I was asked to start off with a few minute background and then we'll go to the questions. So um, uh, obviously the past 113 days has been a totally life changing for me. It's been life changing for all of us, anyone of my generation. Um, we've experienced something that we've never experienced before. And the first thing is we have to thank the Rebbeinu Shleilam. We must thank the Rebbeinu Shleilam to be part of Pai Yisrael in this moment of history. Anyone that's watching anything that took part in the past 113 days, from even before the Yontif ended in Chutz Laaretz and of course in Eretz Yisrael, right away the first question everybody had in mind, what could I do? How could I help? How could I get involved? And there's been a uh, past hundred. It's been an unbelievable outpour. It's unbelievable the people. You know, you, one would think that with the onset of of a Muhammad, with the onset of a war, people would right away retreat to themselves, hold back. No, the opposite. People are looking to see more and more. Um, I had the schos being part of Kol Chabad, the oldest continuous operating stucco. We'll get through some of the history a little bit later to kind of had not just a front row seat, but also to, to be part of this response. So I had this chus, and um, I'd like to, it's my opportunity to share it with you guys, with everybody wants, that wants to join the conversation. Now, I've been raised my entire life around Kail Chabad. Um, the Rebbe appointed my father in 1978 to, uh, to bring the Chabad, the oldest continuous stalker into the 21st century. So I spent most of my adult life within the world of Kailuch Chabad. I had this chus to meet many Balei Chesed, many Askanim, many philanthropists from across the spectrum, from across all different, from across Kal Yisrael, because Kailuch Chabad works with um, uh, all communities, like just everyone knows, everyone is welcome at Chabad, St. Miguel Kailuch Chabad, so we, I had this chus, and I've got to learn a lot of things from many uh, um, uh, world visionaries of Chesed of our generation, the visionaries of uh, philanthropy in our generation. And I'd like to share with you some interesting stuff that I picked up from them. So the first thing is I'd like to give a disclaimer. My disclaimer is, Paul Yisrael has many, many deeds. And Baruch Hashem, we're blessed with many, many moistus. Every moistus operates unique. Every moistus has their unique way of doing things. Every moistus has their calling, what they feel is important to them. And every moist is special. And that's the beauty of Kal Yisrael. That not every that we're not all the same. We all do things differently. I'm gonna share 
I'm going to share with you, I'll, I'm sharing our perspective from the perspective of Kedel Chabad, from my personal perspective more. And this is Chas V'Shalom, not a question or a, a critique of any other Moisid. Different Moises do it differently. And um, we're thrilled. And we're thrilled when we partner with other with a lot of other Moises. So it shouldn't, uh, so I say certain things, you could say this Moises does it differently. His Baruch Hashem, that's the beauty of Klal Yisrael, that we each do it differently. The title tonight is How to Give the Most Meaningful Stock in Eretz Yisrael. It's a tough you know, unveiling the past, we could study from the letters of the Balatanya and then for etc. But it's a hard, the most meaningful stucca. So the first thing I could tell you about stucca is that kavana doesn't have to be meaningful. Stucca is pil mamish, bottom line. The person that gives stucca makes the impact. Even the Allah says if a person loses money and an ani is finds it. And with that money, he's mispanishing Mekayin the Mitzvah Tzedakah. So more than anything, Tzedakah needs mazel. You need to have the right mazel. You need to have the right bukim, the right zmad, the right lashon, that you should have the right mazel. You know, or in other words, you need to have the siyayi to the shmaya, that a person, that when you give Tzedakah, you want to make sure that Tzedakah goes to the right place. And the second thing is, when it comes to the obligation of Tzedakah, the obligation of Tzedakah Tzedakah gives us is very wide. Even the Pasuk says, that we have to give a person whatever that person is lacking. It's brought down in the Gemara, even the Rambam brings it down in Halacha, Rashi brings it down in the Chumash, that what is every, whatever a person's lacking, even if a person was accustomed to a luxurious life and he lost his, uh, his, he lost his money, we, we have to fill that person's needs. So really, it's a very high level of what, you know, how exactly uh, an institution deals with it. We'll discuss it a little Later, by us, when it comes to Kehillah Chabad, one of our four key principles is we have four principles. Everything we do follows four principles. We follow the road paved for us by our forebears, the Rabbeim, the Chabad Rabbis of each generation, starting from the Balatanya. Our second thing is we help everyone and anyone across the spectrum. And the third thing is we look for ways to leverage our dollars. And our fourth thing is respect and dignity. We respect the people that we help. It's something that we have to understand that it's a schus that we have to help these people. And um, there's a story of the uh, fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Rashab, um, uh, that he one time sent a messenger to Kharkov. There was a few wealthy people there. He requested, um, it seems that they didn't respond to the charitable request as the as the Rashab was, uh, Rebbe Rashab was satisfied with. He sent them a letter. He said, every single Jew is going to be connected to charity. And the poor part, the pauper cries to God, I, I'm, I also want to be connected to charity. Why do I have to be on this side of the charity? Why can't I be on the other side of the charity? So the Rebbe Rashab was indicating to them, it's like every Jew is, every Yid, every Jew is connected to Tzedakah. Every Yid is going to be partner of this. And we have to remember, and we have the opportunity that we have the schus to help the people. That especially now, when when the tragedy of October 7th, the people that are suffering October 7th, the fact that it's them and not us is just by mistake. If we would have been there, it would have been us, not them. So the fact that we have the ability to be on this side and helping is something very important. Um, uh, another important thing about helping a person is we have to help a person where they need the help. I always say, say a joke, even my kids say I say it too often, that the Boy Scout came late to his troop. So the scout leader asked him, what took you so long? Why are you so late? He says, I was helping an old lady cross the road. 
She says, how long does it take to help an old lady cross the road? He says, my leader, you can't imagine how long it takes if she doesn't want to cross the road. We have to help people where they want help and where they need help, where they need help and where, and, and where they need it most. And this really takes a, uh, it really takes a, what do we do? What is our biggest thing? Our biggest thing that Kol Chabad developed over the past um, uh, 10 years is a, is a card system. That most of the support that we provide to Yidin in Eretz Yisrael is through a card. The card works like a regular credit card. It swipes through the Isra card system. And we are easily able to give out cards. Today, there's well over 35,000 families in Eretz Yisrael that have, that have a Kol Chabad card. It may look like this. It may look like this. It may look like this, it may look like this, it may look like this, but they or may look like this, but they all have the electronics behind it is all the same. And I'll talk about it more in detail. What is the advantage of a card? Respect and dignity. You have an ability, you, a family needs something, you give them a, a card, they could use it. It's it's, it's available in, in almost every single supermarket in, in Eretz It could be used for food. It could be used for basic needs. We could control what it's used for. So, so, so I'll, we'll discuss more in detail about right after um, uh, October 7th. But by us developing such a system gives us the ability to help tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of Yidin quickly. We're able to leverage leverage it. All I have to do is hand it to the, hand it to the family. And lately, I mean, uh, just uh, to uh, right after Simchas Torah, the families that were affected, their homes were destroyed. We all saw the pictures. We all saw the videos. What also people don't realize, their credit cards were canceled because the terrorists went and stole their credit cards and they went to Gaza City. They were going shopping. So they really had nothing. And a lot of these families, very proud people, people that never needed anything. We went and we handed to each family five a credit card 5,000 shekel on it. just want to share with you a fascinating story. The actual physical cards itself is printed in Be'eri printers. Be'eri is one of the uh, um, uh, one of the kibbutzim that was affected most. Some uh, um, uh, over 10% of the kibbutz were, were um, killed and captured. Um, and obviously the uh, printing house itself was closed, obviously. Some and they weren't going to reopen. We needed to get cards. We reached out to the Berry printer and we said that we need to get cards to give out because that's where our cards were. We print, we had cards printed from before Yontif and we needed to pick it up. And then we also needed the magnet, magnetization done. And the guy from the own, the, the manager of the printer still didn't know where his father, father-in-law was. He didn't know where the family was, but he said that if we are not going to open up, we are, if we are not going to reopen, so what's going to be? What are we going to do? Just close down all the companies around here? So the first company in the Gaza envelope to open after the attack of Simchas Torah was the Be'eri print shop. The first job they did was printing more cards and magnetizing the cards, putting on the data strip for the cards, for our cards to be distribu distributed. This was done even before the families were able to do Levias, before even we even knew on the Tuesday or the Wednesday right after. And the owner, the, at that point, the entire kibbutz was in a hotel near the uh, near the Yamamelech, near the Dead Sea. 
and the employees came by bus. And they came by bus from the Dead Sea to the kibbutz. You know, the kibbutz is Nebuch destroyed. And to open up, and this was the first job they did. And he said that night they got back onto the bus and they came back to the hotel. And they were giving out the cards to the families. to their. And he says, and I was handed a card that just hours ago I finished printing and finished magnetizing. He says, never before did I need something from somebody. And over here for the first, it hit me of what this card meant to those people. So such, doing it in such a way, we had the infrastructure in place. The infrastructure wasn't, didn't, wasn't created overnight. It took years and took partners and took development and having the infrastructure in place. And we were immediately within a matter of, of hours able to start giving out cards. Within a day or two, we were able to get even more cards to be able to give. And I would just would like to share one more point. When we gave out the cards, we gave out for, for based on family members. We also gave out for the hostages. And we gave the family members a card. And with the phone number, they said, when the hostage is released, call this number, activate the card. And do I need to share with you the simcha? When we saw these cards, that was a different criteria, when the cards that were allocated to hostages were being called and activate with a phone number, because they have to give a phone number, an ID number, for an order for the hostages to take. So this is just one, I mean, it's our largest program of the food cards that we have. We have Almanis and other types of mishpachas, all different things that we'll get to the, uh, but I think the most important thing is, and just where I want to start start off is, or where I want to come back to is, the number one, when it comes to tzedakah, there's no perfect way. Any way it, it does tzedakah, it's perfect. Number two is it doesn't need kavana. You don't need to have any intentions. Even if you do it by mistake, you need siyayte deshmaya. And the third most important thing is that it's our schos, it's our merit to do it, and we have to do it in the most dignified way possible. And this is something that is uh, unique to Klai Yisrael, unique that when we do things to tzedakah, we think more, we think exclusively, not how it makes us feel giving the tzedakah, but how it makes the uh, recipient feel. And this is something um, going over my 14-minute introduction. So I'm hoping I'm not going too long. Ushi, you want to cut me off? No, 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 no. We're gonna, we have a lot to cover tonight. Okay, so let's get into it. For that opening, I just want everybody to know. I, I didn't know, but I, I there's there's, a, there's an app called Koyal Chabad. It's got an amazing app. I just I was just my friend has it on his phone. He's showing it to me. He downloaded it, and basically you can give a dollar a day or two dollars a day to have a pushka, and every day you're giving tzedakah, right? Abzam, is that the way it works? Pushka app. The pushka app. The vart is that you could give a quarter or a nickel, eighteen cents. You give it a few times a day. The vart of the pushka app is the Altabalatanya says. That 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 the that stuck is a protection. This protects Kal Yisrael. Why? Because every kol pruto pruto mitzdarespes. Every little bit, every time, and it says Every time a yid does stuckem, the amount isn't relevant. The amount is relevant to the fundraiser. It's relevant to the merchant, but to the meisat stucker, to the action of stuckem. So that's why we have stucker boxes in our home. Stucker boxes. You put in a few coins. But we don't carry coins anymore. So, of course, if you're Sabad, you make an app for that. So, it's uh, you download the Pushka app, go to the App Store, either in, or either in uh, um, Apple, 
or, uh, or, 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 or Android App Store. You can download go Kol Chabad Pushka, Kol Chabad C-O-L-E-O, Chabad or just Pushka app. And you download the app. And every time you want to do something to Yisrael, Pachlistik, every time you, you hear good news, you see uh, good news, you see a good smack thing, yet you're motivated, before davening, etc. Or you could even set reminders to remind you, or before you eat, like many have them in the you give, you give, you give stock, and you could have preset amounts, and that has all the uh, happy stuff with reminders, etc. But yes, it's a really cool app. And we have hundreds of Yidin. I want to get to the polls. Before I get to the polls, I want to just clarify a few very quick questions. How much money a year does Kolchabad give out? How many families? You said 35,000 families have the card? Um, okay. There's 35,000 families. Very just give me the data so people know what Kolchabad is the and how many okay. 35,000 families. One thing at a time. There's well over 150,000 families that have cards of one-time use from before Yontif or specific times that was given. There's 35,000 families that have monthly cards, cards that automatically refill, it, refill itself every Chodesh. It refills itself. Over 35,000 mishpachas have a card. How much every money does Kol Chabad give out a year? Over $100 million. On a year like this year, it's a lot more. In year in 2023, it was 175 million dollars, but a big chunk of it, or part of the increase, was associated with our last quarter from from October 7th. But um, uh, this we're, we're, we are in route to be in between the 150 and 200 million dollars. Okay, year. let's jump into the polls. Um, okay, first of all, we have the Salman, who's like you know the asking in Sadaka, and we're going to ask him a lot of detailed questions in Sadaka and giving and. Questions came from all different places. Let's take a poll now. Zama, we're going to ask the oil their questions. Menachem, can you see it? Okay. This is the poll. It's three questions. Everybody answer to the best of your ability, okay? It's your personal opinions. First question. What aspect of tzedakah, giving charity, in Israel do you consider the most important? It's your opinion. Supporting Yisayimim orphans, almanas, widows, number one. Number two, security and defense, including supporting soldiers, what they need to win the war. Number three, po poverty of... Aviation, especially aiding those affected by the current economic statuses, like just getting rid of poverty. And number four, healthcare, ensuring that all Israelis have access to the best medical system. Like, what's your opinion? What's the most important? Like, if you had $100 right now to give, what, what would talk to you? Number two, given the current situation in Eretz Israel, do you believe it's an opinion? It's a very tough question. A lot of people have this question. I'm just asking it. Don't shoot the messenger. In your opinion, you believe that it's appropriate to go on vacations while people are going through what they're in Israel. So there's three options. No, you should feel what they, they're feeling. Number two, yes, but take 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 it down a notch. Like, don't overdo it. You know what I mean? It's not time to go to Aruba right now. You want to take your kids, go someplace small, someplace nice. Or number three, I still need to take care of my family. And and, and I still need to take care of my family. And being depressed is not going to help our Israel. Like, live your life normally. They're, they're suffering. So what does it have to do with my family? Well, they should sit at home and be bored. And number three, the third question, when considering various organizations seeking donations, and especially now there's so many tzedakahs and so many important things that people are reaching out 24-7, I'm sure everybody sees emails, whatever they're seeing, what do you believe is the most prudent approach to, dis to discern whether they're genuinely making a positive impact or potentially misusing the funds? Now, again, it's a tough question because people don't like to ask the question, but again, 
right? Some 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 sadaqas open up and maybe they, you know, there's a big part that goes to salaries or other things. And they give out a few things. How do we really know to, to figure out what's really good? So there's four options. Researching the reputation and track record. Number two, seeking recommendations from trusted sources and people that they help. Number four, exploring the financial transparency and accountability measures. Like, let's see the numbers. What are they doing? I want to, you know, people want to like really dig in. Or number four, going down and seeing with your own eyes what exactly is going on. Like to see with your own eyes, then you get to see really what what's what what the, what these stalkers are doing. I mean, I know it's not a people don't like to hear the question, but it's 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 a very valid question. So those are the three questions everybody answered the best ability. We'll share it, and then anybody has any questions about what's going on at Israel or Tzedakah or in general what Chabad is, Rabbi is here to answer anything. Everything's on the table, and let's jump into it. Okay, a few more seconds. Let everybody vote. Then we'll share with everybody. Okay, five more seconds. Okay, these are the results. First question. What aspect of giving tzedakah in Eretz Yisrael do you consider the most important? So, number one, supporting Yisraelim and orphans is number one. 44% of the people said that. Number two is tied. I don't know how it's possible, both 69%. But, um, oh, because it says it twice. Okay, I see that. And number two, people are saying security and defense, that giving money for Eretz security, making sure the soldiers have a dad. So most people feel over here tonight that making sure the soldiers have a dad is more important than supporting Yisrael Malmanus. That's the first question. Second question, given the current situation in Israel, do you believe it's appropriate to go on vacations? 90% of people say no, you should feel what they're feeling. 50% of people, 57% of people feel yes, but not, but take it, take it down a notch. Like you can go, but don't, don't go crazy. And 23% of people feel I still need to take care of my family and being depressed is not going to help her. So very interesting. And the third question, Rabzama, you could you could the, the, you could speak through the questions afterwards and just see what your opinion is. When considering various organizations seeking donations, what do you believe is the most prudent, prudent approach to discern whether they're genuinely making a positive impact or potentially misusing the funds on salaries? 29% of people say research their reputation and track record. 52% of people, most people here tonight believe. The way to really figure it out is seeking recommendations from trusted sources and people that they help. Speak to the people that help and see Taka. And 15% exploring the financial transparency. Only 4% going down with your own eyes and actually seeing what they're doing. So those are the polls, Rob Zalman. I want to hear your opinion on them. All three? All three. I have an opinion on everything. Well, I know. Um, Mr. Opinion. So the first thing is, there's a fascinating thing from... Uh, um, uh, uh, the first thing is a fascinating thing. The uh, the the Bavich Rebbe Zatzal says that when he didn't give Daka to help to support the Moses Nerit Israel, it helps the soldiers, regardless which might which institution they're helping. Why? Because it gives them the sense of pride of Pizuk that Kla Yisrael is behind them. Um, it's a sikh of the Rebbe spoke, it is Kislev Tavshan Lamet, hey, Yat Kislev, an association to. I'm in continuation to uh, where the Rebbe spoke about the work of Kol Chabad. And the Rebbe said that this itself gives chizuk to the soldiers. And this shows us as that God doesn't slumber nor sleep and he protects Kal Yisrael. Why? Because this thing that Kal Yisrael is coming together to support Eretz Yisrael, this itself gives them chizuk. So I don't think it's mutually exclusive helping give this and helping that cause, um, especially because of obviously the most important thing is that most important thing today is the, on our minds is the protection of Eretz Yisrael. 
Eretz Asher Tamid Ene Hashem Lekechabam Reishis Hashana Vad Achrishana on such a serious way. So if it's helping this moisid or that moisid, I think it's, it, it, it's all connected. It's all supporting the same thing. So if it's the same in almanas, etc. So I don't think it's a mutually exclusive. So that's why it's not, it's not a choice. It's a question is if you're going to do it this way or that way. You know, what's more important, to have a right shoe or a left shoe? You got to go outside and it's cold. You need boots. Which boot is more important, the right boot or the left boot? You need to have two boots. So there's each one fills their role. And obviously, they're all today to, them, uh, um, to be my ear and to strengthen. That the Abish there continues to protect. So, even though physically, obviously, they need to have whatever they could do. But this concept of it helping is definitely carrying through. The second question was about, um, was about, was about vacation. You know, they used to say, you know, you should finish your plate. Because you know there's starving children in Africa. My days were starving children in Russia. I never understood the connection between me finishing my plate and the starving children. One of the big things that you see in Eretz Yisrael when you talk to people going to Eretz Yisrael, in Eretz Yisrael there's a very strong feeling that people want to get their life back to as normal as possible. Um, so maybe uh, people, I don't think you know, people don't feel people have to. You know, obviously everybody should speak to their own rav to their own, uh, you know, uh, individual. But in Eretz Yisrael itself, you find that obviously the soldiers, even the soldiers want their families to live, to get back to as normal as possible. You meet with the social workers in the cities, you meet with the mayors. How can we open the school? How can we get the things? Even the families that are displaced, that are still in hotels, that are still, what can we do to make their life as normal as possible? I don't think, obviously, and to, just to go back to things normal, as normal and for it to seem to correct it, to, to, to forget about it, is not, is not uh, really, uh, it's not, uh, people just don't feel up to it, you know, you, you don't, if you go on vacation, you're not going to enjoy it anyway, so it's but obviously for families that need it, to do what, what you know, what that you know, now is the Helegi Yeshiva week to do Keminhig. Each call each community Kefim and Hagam, each community according to their custom of what they do Yeshiva week, when they do Yeshiva week. So obviously, I don't think that there's going to serve benefit to the Yidin and Eretz Yisrael by knowing, unless a person's going to say, instead of allocating the dollars here, we're going to allocate the dollars here. And that's something that we see very unique from my vantage point. You hear when you talk to people, people that call in our office. And they say, we have a person that saved money to redo their kitchen. And they sent the entire amount of money that they saved. They were going to redo their kitchen. And they sent it into Kol Chabad to help families. They said, no, we're not going to redo our kitchen now. We are going to allocate the money. There's an elderly rush. There's an elderly Holocaust survivor on Coney Island. She lives on Coney Island. She has an aide that helps her. The aide sent us a beautiful picture. Maybe if I could find it here quickly, I could share this picture. She gets together with her elderly friends um, uh, a few times a week where uh, they talk about Eretz Yisrael. And before they start talking, they do something tachlis, and that is that they give staka to support Eretz Yisrael. So let me see if we could get cute. That's they sent, went to go pick up her pushka. Her pushka had $125 in it that she raised from elderly Holocaust survivors in Coney Island in her building. They get together, they daven, and they talk about Eretz Yisrael. 
and they do something tachlis. Beautiful, uh, beautiful, um, you know. Now, the third thing is about um, different tachlis. Like I started off, um, I said earlier that there's there's a lot of different tachlis. And um, uh, I mentioned, the Rebbe asks a question. It says in the Gemara that Rebbe Mechabed Ashirim, that Rebbe Yudah had special respect for wealthy people. So uh, I understand the Rashi Yeshiva that needs to respect Yizirim, wealthy people, because he needs a sound for them for money for the Yeshiva. But Rabbi Yehuda Nasi was very, very rich himself. It even says that the Barnes people by Rabbi Yehuda Nasi would drink from gold goblets. And the Gemara says that it's a guzm, it's an, it's, an, it's an exaggeration. So even if it's an exaggeration, it's exaggerating that he's not, he, but he was really, really rich. So he definitely didn't need to give COVID, that's definitely, and we could talk if Hans and Gvirim Bachal help, but that's not a thing. What is the Rebbe Mechabed Ashirim? So the, so, uh, the Rebbe said that every Yid has the mitzvah of, of Tzedakah. Every Jew has to give Tzedakah. We're to give the Tzedakah, which Moisid, which cause, if it's going to be to Yeshivas, if it's going to be to Kailu, if it's going to be the same in Almanis, if it's going to be to uh, 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 if it's going to be for Achnaz's Kala, that the Hakadosh Baruch Hu God entrusted the people with the money, the people with the money to make the decisions. So today is obviously not like it used to be. Today it's very easy. Today with pictures and WhatsApps and with communications, it's very easy for people to know what Moises are doing, what institutions are doing. We live in a very small world. We are all a few WhatsApps away from each other. You could pick up a phone easily. It's, it doesn't cost what it used to cost, a telephone call to Israel. Um, and easily, we all have friends across. So I definitely think that people... And then I just want to share one other um, uh, thought um, about, um, specifically about Stockus. This is from, uh, this is something that a big Givir taught me. This is my good friend, the Baal Chassid from Miami. Those that know, Mr. Ronnie Cohen. Um, uh, he's Simcha. Um, tomorrow. So he taught me this about Stokka. And this is so it's more for uh, from the Yiddish uh, um, uh, perspective or philanthropic perspective. He says that in his portfolio portfolio in businesses, he has A's, B's and C's. He has the businesses where he's an expert and he invests a lot. And he has places where he uh, where his B's and then his C's is where he has small investments and little things of opportunity. Says by Tzedakah, Yid that comes asking to Tzedakah, he gives Tzedakah. Yid comes, he gives something. Then he has Moistus that he's somewhat involved in. Then there's a few Moistus that he uh, gets involved in very, very seriously. Um, at the time when I met him, just to share the story, he's, uh, um, I, we were, I asked him what category is called Chabad. He said, Chabad is a B. I said, how do we become an A? in your portfolio, and he wanted certain, uh, we had a certain discussions of, you know, he was first learning about us, and Baruch Hashem, today we became an A in his, uh, you know, we're from his uh, main stockist that he supports. I think there's something that also it taught me very much, um, and also from the other side, when you know where the person stands, every yid has to get involved in a stocker, and you need to have a stocker that's your eighth stocker. And every person is different. One person is going to be a local thing, and one other thing is me. This every person must have its stucker. This is my stucker. This I, I take a chayis for it. I take responsibility for a person that has more room in their head. They could be two or three stuckers. Everybody has to have their beat stuckers. 
of what they get involved, but it's not maybe their aids. And then there's the other stuckas that a person does every time a yid has used a situation, a nitzvah. So um, I hope I answered the questions. Ushi, did I answer? Excellent. All three? All three. Now let's cut into the last one. Let's, now let's get serious, okay? Okay. I'm, okay. I'm okay, so going to go first. I'm a okay. serious guy. Hi, hi, Rabbi Dukman. Uh, by the way, I tried to donate last night your uh, thing, but my computer, I think, had a glitch. I'll try again. And, and then another thing you talked about, somebody that, uh, you know, put aside renovating or decorating their house. I gave up my couch, you know, when as soon as the, uh, the uh, you know, the peels came in. But I do, have, I do have an issue right now that, um, you know, there's so many charities and causes here that I feel guilty guilty right now giving all of my money or the bulk of it to Israel. I, I you know, I, I, there seem to be, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if you know firsthand that there must be hurting here in, in the States, uh, you know, because of, you know, uh, you know like, yeah, so I, I, I try to give them a little bit, obviously, but the, the bulk, but I, I feel guilty that I can't give more and I'm directing it all. I don't know that, I really don't know what the priority is. Like you talked interestingly about the priority people, yeah, giving the soldiers instead of the widows and orphans. Yeah, you know, you know, I at this point I don't know what's the most important place to you know, how can I I don't know if I can compensate in some way or just overcome my guilt that I can't give more to the uh places at home. I mean, isn't isn't halacha al pi halacha? Aren't we supposed to focus on a immediate community or family? I yeah, I, yeah, I know that Israel's a family, but but you know, where do you do, do, do you know what I'm saying? What do I do about the charities here? I'm getting appeals, and I, I yeah, I just I wish I could please everybody, you know, and I'm on a meager salary as it is, but you know, uh, did you do you find that situation? Well, that, in general, like you know, bottom line, everybody's giving a certain amount of stuff, right? Let's let's talk about most people. Most people are giving their whatever their their ten percent, whether it's a hundred dollars a month, a thousand dollars a month, two thousand, whatever yeah. they're giving. So it's limited to what they can give. Now, some people give part of that money to Atzala, some people give the money to Shabbos or to a family member or to people that need. So the question really is, like, while we all want and want to give 100% to the Tzedakah, to Eretz Yisrael... Yeah, it's allocation of funds, so, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Allocated so, when you're limited budget. Yeah. So Coach Menachem actually opened with it. Judas Zaman, even a rich guy, if he gives a million dollars a year, he's still giving... Well, it's the same question. The first thing I was going to say... Yeah. First thing I was going to say, dim pruta kedin meya. Um, every person's stucca um, allocations is limited. Um, din, the, the law of of, of, of of one coin is the law of a hundred coins. So number one, uh, Coach Menachem, when he opened, he said so eloquently that uh, when it comes to aniyeh ircha, there's different priorities, and there's the poor people of your own city. But the Eretz Yisrael, the fact is, is our the own city. Of uh, Klal Yisrael, of every single yid, mm-hmm. um, and every person has to feel. We all have to. We, we all feel, and if we've never, we felt never felt it stronger as a piece of us. A second thing is, we all, many people want to be in Eretz Yisrael, and the uh, Alter Rebbe stresses in Tanya that when a yid gives from his hard-earned money to Eretz Yisrael, a piece of their soul. Now, I'm not saying how much or what mm-hmm. percentage. Not every person has to talk to their own rav. They have to speak, you know, there's Shulchan Aruch, there's Aruch. So it's not, there's no, you know, um, black and white rules. And every person has, you know, uh, 
Rafian, you know, and I think every single Zman has oh. its calling. But uh, there's a very interesting letter. This question isn't new. In the Tanya, in the third section of Tanya, in the fourth section of Tanya, the Balatanya addresses letters that he sent to the communities. And one of the letters he writes that learned this, I'm not blinded from the hardships of then there was a terrible downturn in the Russian economy um, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in, in 1793. He says, I'm not blinded from the disaster of the time. And nonetheless, he strongly encouraged that they should people should continue giving at least what they were giving until then. And the Balatanias is a very powerful thing. He says that Eretz Yisrael is mocking Masher Enei Tamid Hashem Melkechoba Mereshis Hashan Avad Achriz Shana. That the eyes are upon it, it Hakadosh Baruch whose eyes, God's eyes, are on the land of Israel from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. That the Balatanias asks, what do you mean to be? If you write the beginning of the year to the end of the year, when the end of the year begins, the beginning of the year ends. So just write always continuously. He says that every single year is a new energy, a new light. And he says that, and that new light is dependent on Art Stockham. So one thing, every how much, what percentage is one thing that every person has to do what they're comfortable. One thing is we have to make sure that it's more than the year before. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know, more than the year before in absolute dollars, oh, more than the year before. Yeah, I, I don't know how it works with the if it's if you with the exchange rate, or maybe as a percentage of a person's stocker. But I think every single person, and I think especially now, um, it's important for every person, you know, to, to for obviously we have our local maestas and the local institutions, and no one's yeah. saying, but at least, but this thing that Rebbe mentioned, that Eretz um, Yisrael is some place where, we're all, where, we, where we all are, and I don't think these things are mutually exclusive, you know, um, um, and it's interesting how we went from the question of vacationing on Yeshiva week to uh, the uh, limited stocker funds. I'd love to go there to volunteer if I didn't have to work. I don't know if that's another thing people can do as a form of charity. Uh, they go there to volunteer. I don't work the, you know, if they're the labor shortage, I don't know. who knows? Yeah. It's Thanks. a good time to strengthen our relationship with that Israel. You know, I think, yeah. all, I think all Eden feel it. Mm -hmm. And um, by giving a little bit, that is all that shows our connection, shows that we're thinking, mm -hmm. we're there. I but don't think the amount is as relevant as the frequency. I think what you said before is a good idea. I mean, everybody could make their own A, B, and Cs, whatever they feel. And then, you know, you allocate it based on A, B, and Cs. You know, if you want to give 60% to A and 20% to B and 10% to C, whatever you do it, you know, and A could be your local and whatever you mm -hmm. feel some people feel it's just day. So, you know, I think that's your, you can speak to your role, or you speak to person or whatever you feel, you know what I mean? That's what the Abish, that's why Rabbi Yudanasi entrusted the people with the money to make those decisions. Okay, let's let's jump on to another question. Here. question. In the aftermath of after October 7th, when the initial funds were being allocated within the first few weeks, and I totally think it was a good idea to buy large gifts and make the, take them on trips. Now everyone is into it, but as things calm down after a few months, what are the enduring challenges faced in sustaining and support for hundreds or thousands of affected families in the long run? What comprehensive plans are in place to ensure the well-being and continuity of these families over the years to come? So basically the person is asking, like, you know, in the beginning we were seeing, oh, let's take them here, and then there's different videos, and they're doing great things, nothing wrong with that. But the bottom line is, as this becomes our reality and things settle down and hopefully things move on from it, you have thousands of almanas or thousands of people that, you know, that suffered big financial losses. What is the real game plan as far as Kol Chabad to really 
you know, take care of these families long-term. This is not a, a one-month project. This could be a, a 15, 20-year-plus project. Unfortunately, um, it's something that we've had, we have uh, ongoing experience. Um, when, a fam when a tragedy strikes a family, um, so there's a certain adrenaline of the first couple weeks. There's, there's striking, there's the shiva, especially now, war orphans, orphans, there's, um, uh, you know, the, the chivas are well attended by politicians and by Rabbanim and big people we all see and devout people from all over the world come to pay shiva calls to be Menachem. And it really is Menachem, the family, and that helps the family. But then there's a few weeks pass and the noise dies down and then just past the shloishim and a new reality sets into a family. And this new reality is uh, is a total change um, for the family. And what we've seen many years ago from situations, not just situations of this magnitude, but all throughout the years, unfortunately, um, there's many Yusayimim and situations of Yusayimim and Almanus in Eretz Yisrael um, that um, families used to disintegrate. The uh, schools weren't equipped to deal with the children. Very hard, what are you going to do? I know when I was in school, if I misbehaved, they called my father. You know, Baruch Hashem, as a father, I don't get the calls. But as a student, my father got the calls. And Pastor Shalom, what happens when a school, when there's a child that got Shalom, the father's not there to call? What are they going to do? So the kids would get away with the boys. Would, the kids will get away with stuff. The students, we started in um, in, in uh, 2002, a program. Um, uh, Karen called Karen Chasid Nachmendel named a uh, special fund that helps specifically young Yisraelim in school. To, to, to not in school to succeed in life, it's an comprehensive, a full, all-encompassing program where we have nine hundred thousands of graduates of from all different spectrum, from across the spectrum, from all different works of life, which each child gets specifically what they need. We have special programs now. Most of these programs are invisible. That means the child, most of the boys, the children, they don't even know they're they don't even know they're being helped. Take a, we have a younger man. We have a young. Uh, we have a guy that his job is to deal with the yeshiva uh, the high school age stu students, with the schools, with the teacher, with with the schools. We call the school. We tell the school if there's a problem with the student, call us. You need to hire a higher private tutor. Call us. We'll fund the private tutor. The child needs special um uh, psychological help, special like um therapy. Call us. We will fund it, and we fund it directly. We work directly with them um, through the obviously with through the mother. We work directly with the child. Doesn't even know that there's somebody else being helping them. Every single year we have an awards. Students that do very well get awards, just like all of us when we do well in school. We get an award. We don't look at it as somebody helping us. I work for it. This that I'm getting an award. It's a. Is it a gift to me? No, I work for it. I was told if I work hard, get good marks, I'll get an award. So they don't even feel that it's that it's a that they're a nitzrich that they need. And also these things sometimes it's not even a question of money. Sometimes it's a question of having the bandwidth and the ability to do it. I want to just share a very personal story that affected us very strongly, um, especially in this. There was a uh, young uh, young a young man a young boy. His name was Padaya Mark. In 2016, he was in the car with his father, um, and his father was shot driving, shot by a terrorist. 
car turned over, father died, the mother was injured, and he was in the car and he tried to stop. It was a, he's 15 years old. He saw his father dying right in front of him. He tried to help, wasn't able to till they, till, till, until they saved his father. And going back to school, he had a very hard time, um, very hard time. And the mother wasn't well, so he was taken in by his older sister. His older sister took him in, two, um, four of the children. She was just married. She was 24 years old with a little baby. And she took in four siblings to raise, including this 15-year-old. With a lot of effort, this 15-year-old did phenomenal. And he ended up doing extremely well. And he went into an elite unit in the army. And he was from the first soldiers that went into Gaza. And on the second day of the war of the ground troops, um, uh, Padaya Mark, it was Yudzayan Khezvan, was, was the second soldier that passed away, that was killed, the second um, uh, tsa, um, uh, Kaddish martyr that went. And this was one of our students, a uh, one of, I, you know, I remember seeing him by the awards program, by uh, the retreats that we have, a special program. And this is over here, just one marshal of over here, I mean, I feel comfortable talking about it. He's an Elam Amos, but we have thousands of such students that I would never say their name out loud on a public forum. Just want to share with you one story. This is a very special story. This is where I was very judgmental. I was, uh, I live on Roosevelt Island, um, small island between Manhattan and Queens. Um, I had over here, so we had one of the uh, Yosemim that came to New York for a visit. I called him, um, uh, if he minds to read the Megillah, for my community, this was two years ago, for my community and my base on Roosevelt Island to read the Megillah. And I, so we made it in the afternoon, like a good Chabad house, we do Megillah reading in the afternoon for people after work. This is the day of Purim. And I call him one o'clock where I'm supposed to go, one o'clock in the afternoon, and he's just waking up. This is a orphan. And right away, I make a mental note. It's one o'clock in the afternoon, Purim. What is a yeshiva aids boy sleeping? And I make a mental note tomorrow morning, Shushan Purim, I'm going to call the guy that's responsible for his chinuch to find out what is, what is this, what is he sleeping? One o'clock Purim in the afternoon. And we have a nice time. He reads the Megillah and he brings Simcha and he dances with the Olam by us. And then I'm driving him back to Crown Heights and I ask him, where should I drop you off before we go to be, continue our suda? He tells me I read and write Russian. And this was just by the Ukraine war broke out. This was two years ago, Purim. So I volunteer, I sit every night from midnight till 7 a.m. And I answer calls for Chabad in Ukraine to help the Russian elderly that are stuck because I know how to read and write so I could communicate and be able to type and give instructions, delivering medication and delivering these, these things. So I basically... I do that from midnight till 7 a.m. Then I go Davin Shachris, and then I go to then I I, I go I go learn Hasidus, I Davin Shachris, go to sleep for a few hours, and then I start my day. So over here, where I was judgmental about this boy, thinking like somebody has to take responsibility, why he's sleeping so late for my afternoon. It turned out that I in Yiddish Alain happened to pack off to check myself to see. But, but again, there's a, somebody that, that takes responsibility for these boys, for these girls, for these families. We actually have this Thursday, Chafbe Shvat is the is the uh, yard site of the uh, Rebbe Zinchai Mushka. We have um, 
some 60 bas uh, mitzvah age girls that are coming together. And um, 25% of the girls were not Yisemis on uh, Sukkot. They're all fresh situations um, uh, or from uh, from the past. You know, this is just now. So usually we, just to answer your question, usually we start, it's, uh, it's we don't advertise, it's word of mouth. It goes from one almana to another almana. It's something that's very evasive, very detailed, very um, uh, structured program, something that unfortunately we have a lot of experience in. And this is a project that I believe in the next couple of years is going to have to uh, gain a lot more effort. Um, we do a big bar mitzvah. Um, bar mitzvahs are slightly different because when there's a group of them together, it's a different type of feeling. But this is really a fascinating program. Um, and it's something that's going to become very necessary. And again, this is, again, this host that we have to be able to help people in this way. Um, Wish I hope I didn't go off on a tangent there. No, 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 no. I, I want to get to this question. I think it's a very powerful question. And um, I want to hear how you, what's your opinion on that? You know what I mean? Somebody sent in, why do we force all the youth in Eretz Yisrael, or most of them, especially soldiers, to have a minimum $500,000 million life insurance policy? You know, in Lakewood, somebody read this person's from Lakewood. They started a program. It's called Avrechim. It's basically a self-insurance where basically everybody puts in max $42 a month. And if somebody dies who has in this group, they have, I think, um, 25,000 people in this group. It's not just Lakewood. It's all over. And um, if somebody dies, then they charge your credit card $42, and that raises a million dollars, and that money goes you know, through a group of people that hold an investments and they, you know, it's, they support the family and they give each living child $150,000 that gets managed. They give the wife money. Just like, why don't we make some type of life insurance or some type of program for financial stability? And so wouldn't it be the best way, you know, then every time when you're doing all these moistures and raising so many hundreds of millions of dollars, wouldn't it make some type of sense to try to do something like that versus the way we're doing it this way? Okay, so I'm not an actuary. Or a statistician, but you mentioned in Lakewood the program is forty-two dollars. Forty-two dollars yeah. is forty-two. Forty-two or, times twenty-five thousand. One second, forty-two dollars. No, no, forty-two dollars a month is chicken or meat on Shabbos for a family. So, so so forty asking families, poor families, needy families, to give forty-two dollars a month, it may mean that they're you're asking them to sacrifice not to serve the family. Chicken and meat. That's number one. Number two, I think it's a phenomenal idea where possible, obviously, wherever it's possible to have. The Abishta HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded us how to do things. That we are achroi, that in Hashem told us, challenge me with this. The only mitzvah that we're allowed to tell the Rebbeinu Shleilam, I'm going to do this mitzvah and I'm going to make a deal with you, is only tztaka. Chanuni, chanuni. The Balatanya writes twice, challenge me. Cha Not we're allowed to. God says, I dare you. Challenge me. Especially when it comes to Yisemim and the Amonis, where the Ebesheh says, you look after me, especially before Yontif. So, I mean, definitely, I would advise every breadwinner in their home to do the responsible thing, especially it's in, in, in Hang to Kateg. How to do it on a mass level. Um, I would love to sit down with others if there's a way to do it to uh, automatically do it. But I think the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded us that we do it when we see a need, we see a nitzrach, we see a situation, we, it's for us to step up. 
Um, now, just the one thing that you say, $42. $42 is very interesting. By us, in our food cards, we match, we get matched from our largest monthly food from the government. So it costs us not 40, it costs us $32. And the government gives a match and we have Israeli companies that match us. And that with that $32, we're able to give 500 shekel worth of food to a family every single month. So $32 may sound like a small amount, but to me, $32 is a very big amount because I know with $32, I could help another family another month as a monthly thing. Um, how exactly the, it works on the actuary um, table when it comes to life insurance, I'm not really sure. Now, there's another thing I would also like to bring to people's attention is that a lot of times, especially Chesed Nach Mendel, the project of the cost is not always is the need financial. Many times there's maybe the financial need, but it's the ability to have the Harkavas Hadas, the broad mind to be able to, what is considered a luxury. Psychological help in Israel is considered a luxury. Private tutoring is considered a luxury. Um, having extracurricular activities is considered a luxury. So when we offer it to the children, it's not always the family is in dire need of the financial support of it. It's not the, although it costs financial, but it's not the financial support that we're providing. You know, Baruch Hashem, the Israeli government, especially for war and situations of, of families that are affected by terrorism and war and, and military, the government does a very good job in providing for the basic needs, etc., and this is something that the uh, the chush, the, the 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 beauty and the, the the wisdom, the depth and the chachma of this program, isn't that it's providing financial support. Talking about the, the food card is financial support, and that that is for families that need financial support. But the chachma of specifically for the same amount it's far deeper than just the financial cost. The financial cost is really. Only part of it, the part of it is really the ability to, to, to transform children, to take young boys and girls that would otherwise fall through the cracks and watch them through life. So it obviously costs, and there's a cost involved, but it's not that the family necessarily needs financial help. I hope you understand the uh, nuance difference. But I would definitely, if somebody knows more about such a project, I would definitely be interested in learning in figuring out a way if there's a way to scale or across an entire Kehila, um, such a project. Yeah, you know, I think like the, idea, the idea of $42 were for, um, to put together a fund, not for now. It's, oh, uh, to, later, it's together, they put $100 uh, every every child gets $100 in the fund, so later on you can use it for Hassan or something, but uh, any listeners... So, but we have, there's obviously there's um, what is called Kranot, the uh, Karen for for uh, um, um, funds for orphans. When you're dealing with in a small community, you're dealing with poor communities. You know, it's the it's the blind leading the blind by some of these tragedies, um, and it's a whole separate discussion of how the orphan funds work and in in their Israel. It's a, okay, a whole here's, separate part. Here's a painful question somebody sent in. Having lost my mother at age 12, I recall that externally, my father appeared to handle everything, you know, on the outside, well, he took care of the family. Yet there were numerous days within our household where essential needs, such as supper, basic uh, basic things for a child were lacking. 
How do organizations address and provide for such situations? And what actionable steps can individual take to address these challenges within their communities? Okay, so this is a very sensitive subject. We have six social workers that their job is specifically this issue. And it's extremely sensitive. I see the um, whoever asked um, uh, to write about losing a mother and, and a father. Um, Israelis are not known for uh, their politically correct language. I remember sitting once with, um, uh, by one of the events, hearing the differences between uh, homes that, God forbid, it's the mother that's remaining in charge and um, homes that the father is remaining in charge and um, uh, the difference over there and, and, and um, all the complications. And every home is different. Every situation is different. Sometimes there's aunts and uncles. Sometimes the aunts and uncles exacerbate a bad situation. Sometimes they make it better. We have six social workers that this is what they do from the morning till the night, full time. What they do is to connect with those in the home and around the home who see what they could do to make sure to help that the home remains functional, et cetera. And most probably it's most probably invaluable for friends and neighbors that live right around could do more to help the individual than any one institution. Institution, especially every community has those askanim that understand and deal with and deal with wider situations that a person should work on for work out for guidance. But obviously in such situations you want to reach out to a person to a, a askin that deals with it, that uh, our communities have many of them, each community their own, where how a person can reach out themselves. But from us, from the Koyal Chabad side in Eretz we have six social workers that they work diligently, and there's no rule. Unfortunately, it depends on the details of each family individually. There's some families that, um, um, uh, you know, you, 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 you could give them a food card and that provide what they need. And some families you have to send in um, help every day and some families you have to do this and some families that it, it, it's a really there's no one rule the biggest thing is that Kla Yisrael has is that we have the sensitivity and the caring we were raised and trained by the to care for our manas and yusayim. and the most important thing is if there's anybody that is in the situation that they need help don't be scared to accept help it's not help from other people it's help from the Rebbeinu Shalalim. God provides the, this infrastructure for us to be able to help each other. And I think that is one of the most important things for us to remember. And something that you learn from the institution of so you are doing not only yourself a favor, you're doing the giver a favor and the recipient a favor. By us, it was a uh, friend says, there's no big, greater gift that you could give an affluent person than a good cause. But on the flip side, they're receiving the help and taking it and understanding and appreciating that if the tables were turned, we're confident it would be the other way. So people shouldn't be afraid to uh, communicate with the Askanim and communicate with. And Kol Chabad, we do it in Eretz Yisrael. We, we raise our funds from Chutz Laaretz because this is the way the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, established it, that it should be a way for Kol Yisrael to help you in Eretz Yisrael. But every person in every community has the same issue. Uh -huh. Okay, so here's, here's another question. So maybe you could help us, and you're on another side. 
As I'm considering making a donation to an organization at Israel, I'm concerned about ensuring its reliability, especially given the multitude of donation links available. What criteria or steps do you recommend for evaluating the trustworthiness and credibility of charitable organizations operating at Israel to ensure that my contribution is directed to a reliable and impactful cause? And you can tell us what you could be concerned about you see it from that side. Um, okay, in every uh, we're not talking about the exceptions to the rules. Um, as a general rule, um, um, as a general rule, rule, you know, the uh, um, uh, lies don't survive. Lies come and go. Um, in my twenty years in this, I've seen many come and go. MS. Is the permanence um, not referring to one over the other? Um, there's a lot of grassroots. Grassroots does phenomenal work, and grassroots has their role. But grassroots, some of them get you know end up you know uh, grabbing hold, and some of them are just um, go by. When up getting a suit, when getting clothing, you could go to a tailor, and the tailor could get you custom made. But there's a cost benefit ratio to that and those people that want to do it that way and then there's moistus moistus each have their way of doing things most every moistus will gladly share you know specific questions that people have with how they do things why they do things what are their principles does it align with your principles um you know there's some people that only want to give to certain types of people certain some people only want to give to Leim uh, Deitaira, people that only want to give to Avrechim. Uh, so there's Moistis that do that. There's some people that want to give uh, only to this type of Jew, to that type of Jew. In this city, in that city, this philosophy, people that, that only wear such a yarmulke or such a hat, there's every type or color, and that's easy um, to do today. Eretz Yisrael is not too far away from pictures and, and, and that. But I think the most important thing is, again, the consistency of a yid giving stock and being engaged in being engaged in stock. So you shouldn't you shouldn't uh, just give to any link. You should uh, reach out see. If and, no, any any link is kind. Of, you know, any link is kind of. Uh, we heard from somebody uh, else came on the program. He said that Hamas sometimes even makes links that look Jewish or like very similar, and they're actually giving money to the other the other person. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Google the Google algorithm can't differentiate some of the charities from one to the other. They could Google one thing. Um, somebody Googled Kolol Chabad, and one of the Google ads that came up was a UNRWA-related charity um, from a Google ad. So anyone that Googles a stalker name, make sure that you actually click that Tadaka's link because um, it happens quite often. That we get calls from people that um, uh, that um, reach out to us um, that they Google searched Kol Chabad, and by mistake I ended it up in some this other. I said, yeah, they advertise because they advertise based on our name. It's something that's legal and common. So you do want to make sure if you want to do the charity a favor, you could make sure not to click on the ad. Those that um, also advertise through Google, but click on their charity directly. But make sure that you're clicking on the right link. So just clicking any link is definitely well, not. Well, I was going to email the correct link. I put it on the chat. People are asking me for the correct link. But if you go to callchabad.org, 
the website that is their correct website. That, yeah. Let's go to the next live question. You're on. Okay. Hi. Good morning. Because I'm calling from Eretz Yisrael. Um, my name is Hani. Um, so I want to talk about a little bit of a different situation. My youngest is 16. Uh, she has not seen her father for 11 years. He left. He's out the picture. He's never given a penny. Whenever there's these uh, notices of um, the collecting for a family that they lost a parent, she brings it upstairs and she tears it into little pieces. I don't say anything because if that's how she feels, she feels. She she tells me that when she always tells her friends that you're lucky you have a caver to um, to daven by, and I don't have a, I don't even have such a thing. So wherever I can go, I can like say more examples, but it's um, it's very hard. I'm not even speaking from the point of me myself uh, that has to cope with uh, the situation. I'm talking now from the part of the of the kids that they feel very, very much resentment. Um, so, Hanit, I appreciate very much your comment. Um, we actually started, and my heart goes out to you and to your daughter, in during COVID, this plight of um, uh, your daughter and obviously um, single parents came to our attention. We started a pilot project in Svas called Pninim. Um, we actually mm -hmm. built a center for specifically for situations um, uh, of single single parents, single mothers with children. Um, it's something that you're 100% um, uh, important for us to uh, be extremely sensitive to. We don't realize that every school paper that says, Dear Mommy and Tati, that Mommy and Tati line could hurt a student. Every Matzah Shabbos, Avosubanim, and like your daughter said, that you brought you from your daughter's attention, that she, you know, obviously there's one experience when the Av is Avinu Tabashamayim, and when the Av Avosubanim, and even there's certain things that we take for granted that um, could cause a lot of pain. And um, um, it will be, um, honey, just separately, it will be my greatest pleasure to put you in touch with them. Um, I don't know where you live, but if off, you could send me an email. Zalmanakolachabad.org. I can put you in touch with our program in Svas, where we started the first location. We're, again, specifically for single mothers, not almanos. Um, Kolachabad has a lot of different programs for the other people listening. Um, and, uh, you know, it's... Uh, it's a very important thing, and it's and I appreciate you bringing it up. It's not something that I would I would usually bring up in this in this uh, because it's in this on such a call because it is kind of spe uh, very special, but it's very near and dear to my heart. This this uh, this program it we it came to our attention during COVID, but during the lockdowns where uh, the single parents were having a very hard time, especially when there was other complications of the role of of uh, of uh, you know the dis destructive um, parent when there was one of the parents that were d destructive or things like that. So um, if you would like, you could reach out. I'll put you in touch with the people in that run the program and uh, feel. And I appreciate you bringing it up. You're 100 percent right, and it's something that we all could be more sensitive to. Um, and I, I think about it when I see the. You know, there's so many things of Usubanim programs and 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 uh, dear parents and on every school paper and 
you know, it, 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 I'm not saying that society should change and we should change how we do it, but I appreciate you bringing it up. And um, if you would like, you, see, you could send me an email and I'll send you the information. And there are other um, girls your daughter's age that maybe they could advise. There's, there's groups that they get together for group discussions on these subjects that may be able to help, may be beneficial to you. Thank you very much. Thank you for the sensitivity, and that that is very important. The last point about um, for the actual child themselves that they shouldn't feel that they're the only one coping with such a situation. Right. Yeah. So we we do have specifically for specifically high school age children, we have a program, and we started off in Sfat. It's a pilot. Um, we want to see how you know how it you know if how it. How you want to, it's new. We just started a few years ago. Family of Miami took on to underwrite this project. Um, we actually built a beautiful center. A family in uh, in Efrat undertook to expand the center specifically um, uh, for this. There's no signage, you know, the address. It's behind the gate. You walk through on the other side. There's a really beautiful center with for, for group therapy, for art. And other activities we have specifically, and again, Eretz Yisrael is big. Um, we are starting there. We have the funding; we'll expand it. But um, maybe even on the telephone or other things, it would be my. Uh, but we could do that offline. We don't need the uh, hundreds of people uh, listening to uh, take part in that. But thank you very much for bringing it up, and um, it's an important thing, and it's something that you should continue continuously mentioned task on them and it's something that could easily be over overlooked and you're 100 percent right and it's 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 something that we we dealt with it very long and hard in throughout COVID. okay interesting question just a, i guess more star question somebody sent a, an, an email they came across called chabad extral and they're very, they want to learn about the history. They want to understand how the organization was established in the state of Israel. Is it specifically for Chabad? Did they help everybody? Um, they want to understand like, like how it started, like the whole the history of Kuala Chabad and like how it actually runs. How did it start? You have 235 years? Okay. Yep. Let's go very quick. Um, the Baal Shem Tov loved Eretz Yisrael. Baal Shem Tov wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael very much. He actually headed out to Eretz Yisrael. He headed on, headed on the journey. Hashkach Divine Providence turned him back. Um, the students of the Baal Shem Tov wanted to go. The Balatanya started also to head out to Eretz Yisrael together with Mendel Haredaker and Yisrael Kaliske and a whole delegation of the students of the uh, of the Rebbe. It's known as the first Siddiq Aliyah to Eretz Yisrael. 1773. As they were about to embark onto the boat, they noticed that they're leaving Russia with a vacuum of leadership. And all eyes turned to the Balatanya and said, we're all going to go and you're going to stay back to take care. He went with his family, with his brothers. They were six families went together. Um, just the Pierre Zalman and his Brothers and his and his entourage, um, they said that you're going to stay here in Russia and we're going to continue to Eretz Yisrael. The Alter Reb Shneerzama went into isolation for several weeks, and then he accepted upon himself, and that was really the starting of what the, the Chabad 
um, uh, where Chabad began, the beginning of uh, the beginning of Chabad. Um, then he received a message that the up the situation there's a disaster. There's no food. There's nothing, and that's where he established Kol Chabad to help those early pioneers to raise money. Even everybody knows Yat Kislev, the Alter Rebbe, got out of prison. What was he sitting in prison for? He was sitting because he was raising money and he was sending it to Israel. Israel was under the Ottoman Turks. The Ottoman Turks was an arch enemy of Russia. So it's like today, sending money to North Korea or you send money to, to Iran. And um, uh, literally to sending money to a foreign enemy. And in the documents, they say that the amount he's sending is so much, it has to be military aid. It doesn't make sense, 100,000 rubles that he was sending to Daka, you give a few nickels, 100,000 rubles. It was too much for the Goyim to comprehend just the amount. And I think about it, because Al-Tareb is writing how the situation was so bad. Just an interesting, after the War of 1812, the Napoleonic War, and the um, Al-Tareb, Rav passed away, it was taken over by his son, by his son Rav Doiver, known as the Mittler Rebbe, he's the one that instituted the Putka. And also Rabbi Meir Balanes. How, how the Rabbi Meir Balanes stuck as a whole separate discussion, we'll talk about it another time. But then there was a crash. There was Pashat. Poverty was terrible. There was the, 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 the pale of settlements, those that know the Russian history, and there was after the battle. So what did the what did what did what did what did the Mittler Rebbe institute? He instituted the Stokka Pushka that every Friday he entrusted the women, that the women should take the money that's left. Those days there was no concept of savings accounts, life insurance accounts and all that. And the women would take before benching lift, whatever what they, pennies they survived, and they put it into the docker box out of Shabbos before lift benching. From then is a minhag that for all of Kal Yisrael, Rabbi Meir Balanas, there's obviously there was those there was other kailum, there's kailum, kailashem achemis, kailachibis, yurtalayim, etc. That to give staka specifically for the aniyim of Yisrael. Just a side ADD joke. Um, we have a special machine that counts all the coins in our office. Like, was, we had it broken. It was fixed. We brought in uh, the guy to fix the machine. He said, besides banks. The only ones that still have these coin counting machines in their offices is Kel Chibas Yerushalayim, Kel Shem Rachemis, and Kel Chabad are the three only companies in Brooklyn that still have those coin counting machines. So Adayem Asal Tovi's day, we raise hundreds of thousands of dollars in nickels, dimes, quarters, but that's for the old people. The young people is the phone app. You could actually set your phone app to remind you how many minutes you put in your lo- it knows your you put in your location. How many minutes before Lichbenchen, before candlelighting, do you want to be reminded to give to Tzedakah, to Rebbeir Balanas? This is something that started already from the times of the Mithra Rebbe. It was entrusted to the women, specifically Nesheh Benoz Yisrael, before benching Shabbos. I'm just going on to, to give specifically. If you want, you could set it to remind you 20 minutes in advance, a half hour in advance. Maybe we should put it in a setting for summer could be one setting, winter, but that doesn't make a difference. Summer, winter, we're always the last minute anyways. So you could put in a reminder to make sure to give it either through the app or many people put it near near their candle where they give. And each Chabad Rebbe headed Kol Chabad in the office. 
in the Rebbe's office itself. I've seen self-addressed stamped envelopes to the uh, Rayats in Riga. When the Rayats was running away from, 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 from during the war, he was in Riga in Latvia. He was busy with money transferring to and from Kol Chabad, was ran out of each of the Chabad Rebbe's office, succeeding. It ran out of the Rebbe's office until uh, um, in 1978, just a few days before my father got married. The Rebbe called in my father and um, gave him his life mission to bring Kol Chabad into the 21st century. I do have to give a disclaimer that before my father, my great-grandfather volunteered for Kol Chabad in the 60s. We have beautiful correspondence between him and the Rebbe where he raised money for Kol Chabad. He actually wrote to the Rebbe. That means my great-grandfather wrote to the Rebbe about his grandfather, that his grandfather also, Rebbe Mordechayoyol Luchman, also was involved with the Gaba in Kol Chabad. So me personally, if people ask me how long am I involved in Kol Chabad, the answer is six generations that I know of. Um, so uh, Baruch Hashem, we have this list that the Rebbe entrusted my father and my brothers. I work together with my brothers um, in this, uh, in this uh, noble um, um, project. Just like all of Chabad, the Rebbe um, grew in a exponential ways. The same thing is Kol Chabad. And um, uh, we have this chos the merit to be part of uh, this amazing institution. So that's the history. There's a fa every piece of history I could go on and on, but I was told to try to finish by eleven o'clock. No, no, I'm um, gonna, I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna ask you one more question. I have to go because I'm traveling. Nachum has two more questions. Then, you, then you guys are gonna go to closing. Okay, you leave with a good time, But the last question I'm gonna ask you from is actually from your brother-in-law. He said you should a little bit explain a little bit more. What Kel Chabad does besides the Tzedakah cards? There's so many other programs that Kel Chabad does. If you can give us a little history so people can understand the the, the enormity sure. of what it is and how many other things they do, and uh, let us know. And then Menachem has two very powerful questions to ask with, to end with. Um, we both we have so many programs, and it would be impossible to cover all the programs in an hour and a half. A few big so ones. I think, what? I'll give you a few of the most iconic. Is we have 23 soup kitchens. Famous one is the soup kitchen by the Kaisel. Anyone that goes to the Kaisel, you do Bayi Vishalim you look in the behind, there's a Kel Chabad soup kitchen by the Kaisel. That's our flagship. We have 23 soup kitchens. Soup kitchens are not for families, soup kitchens are not for children, soup kitchens are for elderly, soup kitchens are for, for um, uh, people that suffer with mental illness, people um, uh, for, for people that are on the street, people that are downtrodden. It, we don't serve families. Families go home and they get food cards and things like that. We have a chain of daycare centers where we help, um, uh, where it provides part of um, Israel. We have two centers for extremely handicapped people. We have Base Finger in Jerusalem, um, Yerushalayim for people with, with, for, with MS, CP, ALS, and, and we have another one in Migdal, in Migdal Amek. Um, we have a, a chain of non-for-profit supermarkets. We just opened our seventh location. Now, during the war in Beersheva, we opened up our seventh, um, our, 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 our seventh uh, non-for-profit supermarket. Um, we have a, uh, we, we, ha we have, um, um, we have uh, a whole host of, 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 of projects ongoing before Yontif. We have um, uh, the, the Widows and Orphans program. We have um, uh, gemachim, all different types of gemachs that we help families at different times. We have two wedding halls to help for Akhlasas Kala, um, the Gutnik wedding hall, the Luxembourg wedding hall in Yerushalayim, two beautiful halls that we were, we were the ones that changed the way 
I'm a Hatzpah's done in Eretz Yisrael, and a whole host of projects. But really, today I wanted to go discuss more of how to think about Staka more than what we do. You could always come, uh, call me anytime. I'll be glad to share with anybody the uh, full gamut of Kol Chabad's activities. Um, anyone that would like to get involved or participate, um, my pleasure. I love talking about it. I love telling people. Email me, schedule a time. We could do a Zoom. We could do it in person. If you know somebody that wants to uh, get involved in a more serious level, but I think today was more supposed to be stories, a little bit about the Haskafa of Tzedakah, because the most important what we have is we have a Kaddish Baruch Hu and we have each other. That's what Klai Yisrael has. We have our Taira, we have our Ebeshter, we have our, and we have each other. We have Avas Yisrael, we have Avas Taira, and we have Avas Hashem. And these three things are inseparable. And now, during this time of war, we all have to do what we can. Um, Menachem, you had another question? No, I think uh, I think we covered uh, most of it. And again, there's um, one thing I, that I would like to. I'll, I'll, I'll just uh, give a closing, and then you'll mention. So be, it. Oh, you, you, so you'll, yeah, I'll close you, after you. No problem. You still have time to give brachas and uh, whatever you want to mention. We'll mention then. So I just want to say okay. thank you very much for coming on, and thank you for all that you do for Claudius Roll. It sounds like there's a lot going on. And Baruch Hashem, you're running this thing that's been around for a while. And, uh, you know, Hashem should help us all, uh, especially now after October 7th, the, your, your, the organization is probably has m many different, you know, things have to change, whether, you know, more fundraising or whatever it is. And like we heard, you know, it's very important that everybody should ask their rabbi, discuss it, and exactly how much everyone should give is not the discussion tonight. It's the idea of being connected to Eretz Yisrael, and that's where you know we all feel it with what's going on with the davening and the chesed, and you see it you know all over Baruch Hashem, you feel the connection, and we all want to be there. We're in Galus, but we belong in Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is our place we want to be, and Eretz Yisrael we should be there soon. And by giving a little bit, we're like we're whatever it is, um, that connection that you know you give five cents. You give a dollar, you give two, but you're giving, you're connected, you're thinking about it. That itself makes that, you know, makes the connection stronger. It helps us think, who, who am I? I'm part of this bigger thing. And uh, it, it makes that change. So thank you very much. And we'll send out a message and the link. And uh, and now we'll give it to you. Uh, leave the oil with, uh, leave the audience with a good bracha or a good machshava. Let's hear. So I, I would li like to say, if number one, I'd like to thank the Usher, I'd like to thank the Nakam for this opportunity to join what I could best describe as a Fabrengen around Staka. I think it's a special Nachasruach, especially um, uh, a special Nachasruach for the Farkadis Baruchu, that they take this time, this time of um, uh, where it's supposed to be for self help, that they allocate and what, what is the best way to self help. How we could help another Yid, how we could help another Jew. Talk about Staka. I mean, this is over here more that um, uh, of strengthening each other and and how does the best way to strengthen each other by strengthening by strengthening. And I think one other thing is place where a person's mind is. That's where he is. And in a way, all of our minds are in Eretz Yisrael. And those that go to Eretz Yisrael that want to do 
not only the Mamayim, but also the Gufam. We have pantry packers. That pantry packers has some um, uh, the infrastructure to accommodate thousands of volunteers. And it's a, always a great opportunity for those that go to visit Neret Yisrael. Um, I'm tell, telling you, I go to Neret Yisrael many times a year for the past 18 years. Never before did an Israeli ever say, thank you for coming to Neret Yisrael. This, my last few trips since October 7th was the first time that random Israeli said, thank you for coming. Um, obviously, it's not for everybody to actually go. People have responsibilities. But everybody could give their piece. And it's not about the quantity of the amount. It's not about how many dollars. It's about constantly Eretz Yisrael is always on our mind. And every time we think of Eretz Yisrael, we have to think of, of, of the brachas that come to Eretz Yisrael, that come to Eretz Yisrael. When every time we hear good news, to download, to give a few coins to Tzedakah, to download the app and to give a few coins um, uh, via the via, um, uh, via, the, via the app, because we have to to have the complete redemption. That who is the one that gives. Yes, we have to do everything physically in our hands, but ultimately the, the ultimate Yeshua and Atzal is going to come from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So I'd like to uh, again thank Menachem and Ulcher and all the Chavra. For inviting me to this Fabringen. I hope that maybe there was something that I said that uplifted um, uh, us. The biggest up thing that uplifted us together is that came together hundreds of Jews from Kal Yisrael, and the subject was how can we help somebody else? Yeah. And this is what Akadosh Baruch Hu should see from us that what are your children doing during our hardship? What are we doing during we're attacked? And I'm sure everyone feels anti Semitic attacks. What do we do when we get together? How could we help another Yid? How can we help another Jew? How can we help another institution? I'll, I'll finish with where I started. How lucky we are to be part of Klal Yisrael, to be part of, uh, to be part of this extraordinary part of history that we're handling this challenge in this way. Thank you very much. I want to thank everyone for joining tonight. And it's Hashem next Sunday night, the same time, same place with Dr. Friedman. Hatzlocha. And we're going to send out the link. And again, everyone can give whatever works. Have a good night. Shkoyach.